You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, Vox and Hops heads? I'm Matt, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops podcast, brought to you by Sound Talent Media, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians to talk about their lives, music, and craft beer. I hope you guys have been having a great week. I most certainly have been. Today's episode was recorded live last week at the Vox and Hops Thirsty Thursday Virtual Hang. I am super stoked to be back with Andrew Garrity once again. This is his third appearance on Vox and Hops, and he is the first person to do that. Why? Because I love Andrew Garrity. He is one of the craziest, funniest, and most intelligent people that I know, and it's always a blast to have a chat with him. Get ready, people. This is Vox and Hops episode number 211. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. What's up, everybody? Today, I am back with Andrew Garrity, one of my favorite Vox and Hops alumni, so much so that I've had him on the podcast twice before, but it's not enough. I always, always, always need more Garrity. How are you doing, Garrity? Let's start with an easy yet complex question I like to throw at people. How have you been coping with this glorious year of 2020? Crippling depression. <laughs> I mean, it's funny, but I can't lie. Like lots of that uh at the beginning of the year uh trying to be positive and do shit like i had this i was on this tip for like four months where i was getting up at like 6 a.m 7 a.m every day and i'd go run six miles and then i'd go straight to the gym come home eat breakfast you know all that shit get super healthy and then uh one day i just didn't feel like doing it and then i didn't i kept not feeling like doing it and then i haven't done it since and that was really yeah i just stopped going like i stopped going to the gym canceled membership and everything i just didn't feel like it and then there was a trip where after that i don't know if they're connected maybe but then i went on a tip where i was uh basically drinking like 18 to 24 fucking packs every night and then jesus uh, and then i went on a string for like a month i didn't do anything but eat fast food so I just eat like Wendy's and Taco Bell, and uh, that was pretty crap. So, oh, and pizza. I ate pizza. But, yeah, most of those, uh, along with not doing anything I enjoy other than, like, watching TV, uh, which I hear all signs of that depression thing. I'm not sure, because I'm not a head doctor, but uh, it wouldn't surprise fucking anyone. So, that. But, um... I mean, I worked a little bit recently, but other than that, I don't really have shit to do. So it's mostly like watch all my money disappear, which is a fun game. Where it's like, you know, you, you log into your bank and you go, how bad am I today? And you look and go, fuck, yeah. Like, oh, that's great. Fucking start a year with like 20 grand and then you look at it and you're like, my savings are gone. Yeah. It's, it's super fucking dope. It's it's rough. It's rough, especially for people such as yourself. You're such a road dog. You are constantly, constantly on the road. It must almost be very strange to be home this long. It's like an impossibility. Yeah, it's pretty. It's kind of fucked up. Like I had a, a few times where, like at the beginning, I would out of habit. Like I have a a fair amount of emails that get routed to a, a sub you know folder in my email that's all like my tour related shit so that like you know 
porn emails and fucking beer orders and shit don't get lumped in together with it. So it's like, <laughs> um, shit like that. So it's, I and out of habit, I caught myself like when I would check my email, fucking checking that. And then it took me a bit to be like, you dumbass, you're not going on fucking tour. The world's on fire. Like, what are you doing? And it took a bit to break out of that loop of like, out of old habit, just checking it and shit. But yeah, it's, it's, it's fucking weird for sure. It's definitely taken getting used to and uh, realizing that I haven't fucking left the city I fucking grew up in for... Actually, no, it's not true. I left it once. But other than that, fucking for the entire year is like real fucking head fucky. You're never home, so so it must just be... There must be something that's nice, something that you can appreciate about staying in one place for so long versus constantly being on the move. I mean... The only real upside to all of this, uh, so uh, uh, my grandparents are both disabled, and uh, like very, they got shit going on. They're old. Old people get fucked up. It's what they do, and then they die. Whatever. But um, uh, they're both disabled, so like uh, my dad and I would split, like helping take care of them. But this year, because everything is so mega fucked up, it's become like it's been kind of nice that I'm here because now I get to go over there and like, uh, my dad moved out of state. So, uh, I go over there every week and, you know, depending on the week, once, sometimes, you know, once a week, sometimes a couple times a week and I go over there and help fucking take care of them. And, uh, I'm actually, uh, at the end of the year, I'm going to moving back in with them to help take care of them until all this COVID shit gets figured out. And also because like hemorrhaging money is stupid. Mm-hmm. But, um, so that's been kind of cool is that like when shit, like we had a hurricane hit two weeks ago, a hurricane or whatever. It was a fucking cat one. It's not a real hurricane. <laughs> um, but it hit and the day it hit, uh, my grandma's got kind of like early stage dementia and my grandpa's like, uh, diabetes and some other shit. So they they both can't really do a fucking thing. And, uh, I got a call from them and neither of them could remember if they heard their generator kick on for the test that mm. morning. And I'm like, uh, you know, there's a hurricane coming today, right? And they're like, yeah, that's why we called. And you want to kind of be like, why didn't you fucking tell me earlier? But you can't because it's not their fault. So I ended up having to drive out there. And I was actually on at work for once out in St. Pete. And I drove back, you know, an hour uh, to get back to their house. And by that point, the rain had started. So I had to like a little pop tent outside and got the tools out of the shed. And I'm like pulling the generator apart to see why it's not working. Meanwhile, 60 mile an hour fucking wind gusts blasting me and fucking, you know, rain pelting me and shit. So it's like things like that are nice because otherwise they would have been fucked, you know, had luckily that nothing happened. Uh, there was no, the power didn't go out or anything, but if it had, they wouldn't have had a fucking generator and you know, my dad doesn't know how to do all that shit. So, uh, and nobody's coming out to fix a generator like, oh, there's a hurricane. Our generator doesn't work. They'd be like, yeah, sucks to be you. I don't know. <laughs> so like shit like that's. I'll say it's cool, but it's not cool so much as it is, like, it's, you know, it's handy, I guess, for, to be able to be there in that situation. That's probably, like, the closest thing that you've experienced to being on the road, those rush moments of, of just pure madness getting things together. Yeah, yeah, where it's like, oh, shit, I gotta panic, we gotta do this right now. Yeah, no, that's that's very much like being on the road, you know, and uh, and driving and sitting in traffic was because I haven't driven anywhere. That reminds me of Tour 2, where it's, you know, sitting behind a bunch of dumbasses that haven't figured out the two pedals yet. 
What are you sipping on there, Garrity? Vox and Hops is all about hanging out with my friends, talking about their lives, music, and craft beer. What are you drinking there, Garrity? Okay, so this is a Hardywood single, uh, Belgian-style blonde, that actually uh, Vox and Hawks alumni and fucking awesome dude, Witty, sent me. Hell uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I sent him a bunch of beers from around Tampa that I really enjoy uh, for his birthday, and Witty being Witty, even though it was a birthday present was like, no, no, I gotta send you some shit. And I'm like, I mean, it's you don't. It's a birthday present. You just take it, and you know, we'll be square. But Witty's fucking awesome, so he sent me this giant, like, styrofoam cooler with beers all packed in it and shit, and tons of great stuff. And this is actually the last one. I saved it for, mm, for I this. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And countless times I hear that name being responsible for why they're drinking craft beer. And so huge cheers to the stout king himself, Mr. Dave Woody. What's that now? Uh, now we're switching it up to the Pig Destroyer Adroit Theory uh, Octagonal Stairway Imperial Milk Stout. A uh, you know nice low 10.5% stout. Damn, yes, yes. And, uh, hail the metal ass kings at a droid theory brewing for just making some of the most intense brews that i've ever tasted just just so good and the artwork is so sick yeah. so metal that shit's real good gets you real fucked up too <laughs> <laughs> on my side i'm drinking something very special which is brand new and i'm very excited to share this with everybody watching right now and yourself i showed it to you before we started this, yeah. this is crisp topsy from kanawagi brewing company this is a new world pilsner it is the very first cryptopsy collab beer and i'm super stoked that it happened uh this is a new world pilsner it is a pilsner that has been double dry hopped with mosaic hops it uh is uh very cool and i'm very stoked that it happened shout out to uh drew stevens the vox and hops alumni for making this brew happen let me crack this open and tell me a little bit about so you know a good thing that did happen is that you got to drink a bunch of great beer during this pandemic so what would have been some of the 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 white whales that you did get your hands on because you were home and you you didn't have to just keep running all around the globe oh man uh so like just to to, to level it real quick 90 percent of what i drank is miller light because we have established i i fucking love miller light it's cheap and it gets me drunk and also if you do the math miller light if you uh take the caloric intake the alcohol level and the price miller light will get you the drunkest for the least amount of calories at the lowest price just saying it's fucking i'm a, I'm a bet man i like them odds but um what actually kind of sucks is we i always miss uh like tampa bay beer week and all the like local brew shit here from like all the breweries around here that do cool things because i'm never fucking here so like this year there was a part of my head when i first wasn't able to tour i was like well you know what at least i'll be able to get some of the cool beers and shit fucking wrong <laughs> most of the breweries around here were fucking closed most of the year and then they finally let them do like package which has always been illegal here like for a lot of places like if it's a bar brewery you can't sell to go unless you have like a special license mm -hmm. so a few of them got like that wasn't an issue but then the, the the you know city and the state were like fuck it just sell out of the building but don't let anybody inside so 
but they weren't going to do these massive, you know, seasonal, you know, beers that they always do because there's usually big reveal events and shit and they can't fucking do any of that stuff. So I didn't get to do any of the fucking sick local, like, you know, seasonals that they do. So that was real fucking dope missing. The only year that I'm ever here is I don't get fucking a single goddamn one of them. And then there's all the obvious, uh, you know, like yearly brews. Like I usually hit fucking, uh, three Floyds every year at least once or twice because somebody somewhere we're going to be leaving you know Ohio and I'll be like hey if we leave early I can park us at three Floyds we can be there when they open and we'll be in Chicago in time for load in you know and bands don't usually object to that and three Floyds don't object to having sick bands show up so uh I mean we did it with aborted actually uh so that was pretty great um but yeah there's like I didn't get the only seasonal I got this year and that's just because they're semi-local is uh funky buddha is doing a weird like mixed cocktail series right now that's kind of dope um where they're doing like you know different uh mixed drinks but in the form of you know a beer so Mm, very interesting yeah so they'll do like a gin and tonic kind of thing which is i mean that's a bullshit drink anyways it's just (laughs) neutral spirits and essence of juniper and juniper's i don't know if you know this juniper is you ever do you guys have fucking uh like that green floor cleaner. I forget the fucking name of it. Uh, Clorox? No, not Clorox. That's goddamn bleach. Um, <laughs> no, it's like the green... Ever, it's like the evergreen pine tree-ass smell. Pi- pine saw. Yeah, pine saw. So that smell of pine saw, that is the juniper pine. That is basically the fucking smell of the berries of the shit they used to make gin. So gin, mm-hmm. to me, is just fucking pine saw. So gin and tonic can eat shit on a little tangent there but whatever it's the same fucking thing i like gin and tonics personally but a lot of people like them but you know what they probably would like pine saw and tonic too if it wouldn't fucking rot their stomach out just saying it's the same goddamn smell this crisp topsy pilsner supremacy from kanawaki is absolutely incredible it totally smells melanie on the nose which is amazing and then has a beautiful cereal malty finish the crispy pilsner on it i love it i love it everyone here that's listening head on out to kanawaki brewing company and pick it up if there are some left i i'm gonna be honest by the way i missed the two puns that were on there because i'm so used to seeing that i read cryptopsy whisper supremacy and was like oh yes. that's fucking neat and then i you said it and i was like <laughs> god damn it that's fucking- i know we had to we had to no, that's the good. whole story behind the beer is is the brewer drew stevens wrote me during the summer and said all, all he wrote was cryptopsy and i was like okay let's do it crispy boys are back i see we're getting a lot of gin love uh in the, in the fucking <laughs> chat all i'm saying is i have drank gin and a uh, a quote from my younger years uh, that was relayed to me one night was everyone knows I hate gin. I drank gin probably one time in the last 10 years and I was particularly in a bad mood and I was just pounding gin. They're like, why are you drinking gin? You hate gin. And I was, my response, I guess, uh, was I told them that I like to drink gin because it tastes bad and it feels like I'm doing something bad to myself and I hate myself. Hmm. So gin's good for that, I guess. If you want to, you know, <laughs> punish yourself and really know that you're doing some shit you shouldn't be. So, speaking of suffering, what is going on with this project? You suffer. Oh, so I tried to get them in the fucking group chat today. Um, it's like done. 
like good yeah like we fucking sat through we went and uh like chris the guitar player like other dude that i wrote all of it with um he's like a buddy of mine that i grew up with um he and i have sat down and basically just been crashing out fucking songs and originally it was like hell yeah we'll get this knocked out and we were going to get it done this year and uh, at the beginning of the year we had been like about three quarters done with it and then covid happened and then everybody's lives went to shit and then it's it's less about now about uh you know being able to record or whatever go to recording studio as much as it is like everyone fucking covering all their bases and like our singer you know at first didn't know if he was gonna be able to work and then he was like oh i get to work from home but then like Mm -hmm. everybody's hours getting fucked up and shit and it's one of those things that all of us were like yeah we could go drop a bunch of money to go record or we could not and wait and see how all this shit pans out because florida um while like my chris is a truck driver uh josh works in an office and you know me you know um at first none of us knew if we were going to be able to work so like florida had one of the lowest unemployment like payouts in the fucking country so for mm-hmm. for like the limited time i was on unemployment i think i was getting like 83 dollars a week which jesus christ if you add that up <laughs> doesn't cover my rent much less food you know anything so like miller light yeah yeah so it was just like oh so from the get-go it's like oh i'm gonna hemorrhage money just to pay my rent cool so like it's uh it's done though we have a we have like demos and shit recorded um and like we have a we have a google drive where like so i i have this thing which started off as a joke and then we realized it wasn't a joke where the best riffs come out of me when i'm like hammered and just having an existential crisis at 3 a.m and uh all of the all of the the songs actually we have when i upload them to the google drive i have this bad habit of uh of horrible names yeah so it's and they're not like horrible offensive it's just very indicative of the state of mind that i was in when i was doing it (laughs) so i'm just looking it up right now i'm excited yeah so there's like um there's like one that i was just fucking smashing discordance axis you get things like da worship but then you get uh waking up disappointed let's get super (laughs) ignorant uh (laughs) hey no barking (laughs) he's fucking he just somebody woke him up and uh uh self-loathing ripping off holy mountain you know great stuff like that so like now one of the song titles actually is waking up disappointed that's actually cool yeah so it was like one of those things where and it's funny because josh is like how where the fuck did that come from like you never had that where you wake up and you go oh fucking this again i guess (laughs) i just want to be in the the cab of the bandwagon man yeah he fucking so but yeah we've got that i've actually got um i mean you know ethan right yeah i got ethan uh like primitive man fucking every other great fucking band on the planet uh I've known Ethan for fucking years, and I talked to him about it when we were on the cattle tour. Uh, he's actually doing some uh, art for a shirt for us, which is going to be real fucking gnarly and bum a lot of people out. <laughs> when I told him, like, I mean, if you know him, you know his mindset. When I told him about it, and if you've seen any of his art, um, I told him about it, he was mega stoked, and he's like, oh yeah, I'm into that. So, um, so... And I, I told you fucking who's doing the fucking drum. So um, I talked to him about it, actually, the last time we were all here. 
he and I were texting about it, and he so he's like, yeah, but he's obviously been busy, so doing his records, but um, yeah, so it'll be it'll be out probably by the end of the year, maybe beginning of next year, and um, just to give you an idea of the ignorant, stupid bullshit, uh, so I'm doing a limited run of some of them, so we're gonna do a ten inch because nobody does ten inches, and ten inches are badass, and. A limited amount of them, I've gotten, like, really heavy grit sandpaper, and I'm going to cut out just where it says you suffer on the front, I'm going to glue it to the label, and the sandpaper is thick enough that if you put it under pressure, it'll shred through the plastic bag, so that if anybody tries to jam it into their record collection, it's just going to fuck up what's on either side of it and destroy the bag, <laughs> and then when they pull it out, they're like, what the fuck, and the big bold letters on the front will just say you suffer. <laughs> so fuck them. I think it's really funny. They can, you know, they can eat shit too. Yeah, you're so involved with the 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 world of touring. Uh, when do you realistically see touring coming back? I mean, honestly, fucking 2020 never. Fucking no, like 2022 maybe. Because 2021 is already fucked. Because uh, unnamed countries. Um, <laughs> at the moment, haven't taken it seriously and are fucking it up for everybody else. Uh, so they're not gonna. We're not gonna, you know, have anything on book. And I know because a bunch of my tours that were already supposed to happen got canceled. Because mm. I, I had shit at the beginning of 2021 gone. Uh, I just had something that was uh, fall of 2021 get fucking canceled. Really? So okay. From my perspective, none of the shit I was gonna do, and I was double booked up because the 2020 shit and the 2021 shit just ran into each other and so from like the beginning of the year to the end of the year i already had shit ready to go but uh everything has canceled uh up until november so maybe if if we're lucky november december we might have something and if we do uh it's gonna be fucked anyways because none of the venues like have figured out how to have a real show they figured out how mm-hmm. to have mm-hmm. like small capacity, but that's different. Um, but you can have smaller capacity shows, but that doesn't help a lot of venues because certain venues over a certain size, they have a cost associated with keeping them open. So you can't afford to fiscally responsibly keep them open enough to pay the bills and have no people in them. Like if a venue costs X amount to run, having less than a certain number of people, you're never going to break past the amount you need to keep that venue open. So they're just going to hammer... They're not going to lose money to have the venue open. Like, it's, there's no amount of alcohol sales in the fucking world that 30 people are, are going to make to no, you know, no. keep that shit open. So, um, and who's going to take the cut, right? They're going yeah, exactly. to try to make the artist the thing, take the cut. From the, out, from the inside, too, what a lot of people don't realize is that, like... Um, Touring is going to be mega fucked up if and when it does come back because, like, Live Nation just redid their contracts with a bunch of, like, how they handle shit on bands. And they basically want bands to take the shit for everything now. Like, every anything, everything that goes wrong, they want fucking the bands to eat shit for. And they also want the bands to take a pay cut and all these other things. And it's like, bro, that's never going to happen. Like... Your inability to manage your money, like, it says a lot about a company when you've been making, you know, millions and millions and millions of dollars, and then the second the economy stops, 
all of a sudden you're in free fall and you're in panic mode and you're like, oh, oh, everyone else has to eat shit, but we need to survive. It's like, no, man, you need to manage your shit better. Like, there's a big thing in the States with a lot of these companies where they constantly spend money as investments in the company so that they don't technically have profits. And if you don't have profits, then you don't have to pay taxes on it. So they they never have profits. So they're never paying taxes. But then all of a sudden, that whole system goes out the window when you have like, oh, the money isn't constantly coming in. Maybe having those fucking profits would have been a good fucking idea to have some sort of a windfall, you fucking dickbags. But no, no. And then then a certain unnamed government gives uh, an unreasonable amount. I think it was today, actually. Uh, they did a st- I read a study on it where they gave an unreasonable amount of small business money to not small businesses. Let's put it that way. Meanwhile, venues that I've been going to for 10 years, a uh, number of them don't fucking exist anymore. Which also, people don't realize, we, it doesn't matter how much you want the bands to come, where the fuck are they going to play? And it's not a matter of like, oh, there's other venues in my town. How many times did you have three bands playing at three venues on one day what happens when there's only one venue left exactly you have to severely cut down on what a viable amount of touring is like if ever and everybody's going to want to go out exactly and their mother's going to want to go out so you're going to have every band trying to tour but fucking where where the fuck are they going to play and if your town doesn't let's say that like your town doesn't have a fucking venue anymore if the next town over has one, but there's, you know, no venue in between that town and the previous town, certain parts of the U.S. just aren't going to get hit as much as they used to. I mean, we, you know, there's, you call it, talk about them like the sea markets, but like whatever shithole in fucking Montana that nobody plays is going to get played even less than it already was because I guarantee you, instead of having three venues you could play between fucking Idaho, Montana, and, you know, Western Washington, there's going to be one that they all get to share, and who the fuck knows where it'll be. Mm-hmm. So, it's like, a lot of people think when touring comes back, it'll be like, oh yeah, we'll just go, and the shows may be weird. No, man, like, we might not be playing. It might be a tour where bands go out for, like, a month, and they only hit A markets, like, and that's just going to be the way it is until somebody figures out how to fix this fucking clusterfuck, which sucks dick. But absolutely, it's gonna take it's gonna take years for it to recover to where we were before this. Yeah, yeah, it is unfortunately. But we still have hope, and we still believe, and we still love it, which is why we keep doing it. Uh, I wanna I wanna throw you over to the Thirsty Thursday gang, but before that, I wanna get one question, one last question out of you. I don't believe I've asked this to you, at least not on a recorded podcast it's my it's my typical wrap-up question so it's nothing too crazy Uh, what what is your hangover cure oh you haven't asked me that one um uh so if i'm planning ahead which usually is not a thing when i have a hangover um (laughs) just being honest I i don't plan to get a hangover i just plan to get real fucked up and come whenever may um Usually I don't do a goddamn thing. I just fucking suffer it. And But if I know it's going to happen, um, I'm a big fan of Pedialyte. It's made to keep babies from getting when they get to diarrhea so they don't shit themselves to death. Uh, that, but also, um, so salty, greasy food 
and not because half the fucking idiots that are like, oh, just it's, it's salty, greasy food works. No, your body needs uh, lipids and salt because when you get fucking wasted, you piss a ton and mm-hmm. you're devoid of salts and lipids, which is lipids mm. are what make your piss kind of cloudy. Well, one of the many things. So when you're pissing a bunch the next morning and it's just not clear because you're not just straight pissing alcohol. So replacing those works. And then um, usually fucking uh, aspirin, like a handful of aspirin. <laughs> or if I just want to ride it out, I'm like too lazy to do any of that. Uh, drink like half a bottle of Robitussin because if I got to have Jesus. a hangover. Hold up. Hold up. Don't even fucking hate, bud. <laughs> Just next to your bed. <laughs> tussin'. Yeah, you just get you just get some tussin' and you drink. I it. love it. You get a ton of it, and at least if you have to be miserable, you'd be mega fucked up and sleep real well. Jeez. So, also, the raspberry robitussin pairs really well with the uh, the key lime fucking Lacroix. Okay, this is a man with experience. I love or, it. Or or key lime or the lime uh, white claw. We call that the Robo Claw. <laughs> I'm not saying it's for everybody. Mixing alcohol and Robitussin is a weird bag, but... You, you need to be able to take a nap after. Yeah, I'm real good at taking naps on that shit. <laughs> real good. Oh, gee. <laughs> Garrity, you're always a pleasure. Always so much fun to, to pick your brain and just, just sit back and listen to you. Go on. I am now going to open up the floor to the Vox and Hops Thirsty Thursday gang. I'm going to switch up this view. Uh, if you would like to ask Garrity a question, raise your digital hand. There we go. We got Dervites, who's got it to go on. You go first, Philip Dervites. Dervites, Dervites. Hello. What so, up, baby? What's up? Not shit. Just drinking, you know, hanging out, <laughs> looking at my dog. Israel, that's what we love drinking. So I'm going on that Hobman from Overhops. I thought about you. I thought about the shirt. I thought about you. So I was like, go. but I don't Cheers, have no bucks and over off. So let's go on Hobman. <laughs> nice. So yeah, my question is simple. Uh, have the- you ever thought about a sponsorship with Miller Lite? Uh, yeah, I would love to fucking do that. But uh, I would probably need to be touring for that to happen. And the problem is, is that I drive a lot on tour and I don't see Miller sponsoring me. While I'm driving, be like, this is the driver for all the bands. And after a hard day of work, he enjoys a crisp Miller Lite. <laughs> Something about the whole driving and drinking Miller thing they're probably not going to get attached to. Yeah, of course. But like, but, just, just being like, oh, this guy, not that he's driving, but like, yeah, you love Miller Lite so much that you want a sponsorship and Bro, have if, money from them. <laughs> if my fucking... If, if if my fucking bands ever, like, if they either hadn't imploded or we ever actually toured, I would make a go of it and be like, listen, you give me some Miller Lite, I promise I'll drink that shit on stage every day, because I'm doing it fucking anyways. And, and also, the venues love it. So you roll into a venue and you're like, uh, what beer do you want? You have all these fucking dorks that are like, oh, we only drink green bottle beer. That That's good. That's not me. I, I roll in and I go... Uh, I want a crisp American light fucking beer, namely Miller Lite. And they're like, wait, seriously? Okay, yeah, here, here's a bunch of it. And then you get a shit ton. So, I mean, it works in spades because then you can just get super ripped. Oh, yeah, that's perfect. And because of you, maybe I would try some Miller Lite. 
I just, I just fucking, I just, uh, con- like converted my grandpa because he always drank like old Budweiser and Bush back in the day, and he's like, he's not. He was diabetic, but he's like been really good for years and years. So now he's considered pre-diabetic, and they told him he was allowed to have a beer now and again. So I brought him. I brought him Miller Lite. He's like, "This shit's good." And I'm like, "Yeah, it's crisp." And he's like, "Yeah." And I could drink like three of them. And I'm like, "Yeah." It's the point. You don't get super wasted right away. Now, if you drink like ten of them, you'll get fucking ripped. But so <laughs> oh, yeah, that's perfect. I would try it. Thanks, you, man. Hey, next time I'm up there, I'll bring you one. How about that shit? Oh, I, I'm always down for that, man. Always. But you can fucking drink it with me, I promise. Fuck yes. Beautiful. We, we got Lindsay who has a question. Oh, Go God. On, <laughs> I signed on just so I could ask you an obnoxious question. And is, it about when I, is it about when I peed myself? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. We're not going to relive that period of hour (laughs) but my question for you Uh what is your favorite Mm. (laughs) rom-com damn (laughs) she's good so uh so blowing it out there i have a i have a secret not anymore so secret love of rom-coms because i need that escapism in my life i've been Um, watching hallmark movies hallmark christmas movies dude no hallmark movies they don't do that shit for me. I need like something good. Um, well, they are bad. So yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, what's that fucking one with uh, Gerard Butler and Homegirl that I think is hot as fuck? Um, hold on, I gotta look this up because I'm kind of sauce now and I can't fucking remember it. Um, <laughs> it's something about the truth, uh, the ugly truth. I think. Hold on. That's the ugly truth. Right. Yeah, the ugly truth. That shit fucking rules, dude. He's an absolute prick bastard, and he rolls in. And fucking is just she wants nothing to do with him, and then they're forced to work together, and it's one of those things. And I can relate to that because I have dated people that met me, and they're like, "You're an absolute piece of shit." And I'm like, "Yeah, kind of, I guess." And then over time, they learn not to hate me as much, and then we get to smash dirty parts, and that's kind of cool. You're um, like you know, a you, fungus. You just you grow on people. Yeah, nobody's figured out the fucking cure yet. That's pretty dope. I mean, from my perspective, but yo, Hugh Grant does have some fucking dope rom coms. Uh, there's some real good ones. Although <laughs> Hugh Grant fucking wore that shit thin because that's all he did for like years. But but yeah, no, also, I, I, so follow up. Uh, yeah. Your favorite? Uh, do you have a new drink instead of the? No, sparkle teeny. Sparkle All right. And the, what was the other one? The birthday cake? Oh, yeah. No, oh, yeah. You, you take cake vodka and you mix that shit with OJ and it tastes like an orange cake and it gets you fucked up. That shit's so good. Yo, I know. Rad. That was, I was trying to remember because 27 dresses came on, which of course <laughs> makes me think of you. 27 dresses, Captain Heigl, hell yeah. Which makes me think of you, which makes me think of the week you stayed at our house and we got like really fucked up. And I smelled up your couch. Yeah, I had to throw you out. It was too much. <laughs> it was permeating the other rooms. It was like a whole... <laughs> you, gotta le- you gotta let them take showers, too. That's the issue. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole other story. But... Oh, man. <laughs> Another time. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Thank you, Lindsay. Who else would like to ask Mr. Garrity a question? Oh, we got Jorge. Go for it, Jorge. Light me up. 
Hey, man, how you doing? Thanks for hanging out with us tonight. No problem, bud. Um, in these days of uh, lockdowns and quarantines and nothing to do out there, uh, what are you listening to? What albums or what bands are in your, you know, rotation list? Oh, man. Uh, one thing that I've been, like, really, really fucking hard-dicked about is uh, Drop Dead just released their first record in about 8 billion years, and uh, that's been really good. Um... I actually have a fucking, we have a fucking, like, group chat where we just blast, uh, like, sick new records that we find to each other, uh, because nobody's fucking doing anything else, and, uh, there's been some fucking really, really goddamn good ones in there. That new Venomous concept was pretty dope, if you haven't, if you know who that is, uh, yeah, that, that shit fucking ruled, um, we got, uh, I got really fucking big on, um, a few, uh, like, uh, like 80s Japanese hardcore, uh, bands. There's been, like, kind of a revival with playing, I don't know what to call it, because we used to call it Japcore, but you're not allowed to call it that anymore, because people say it's offensive, but, like, specifically that style of Japanese hardcore, um, I've been listening to a lot of that, and then, uh, mainly I just listen to, like, Grind and Crust Punk. Like, whatever happens to be, you know, around, uh, I kind of live in a fairly narrow world, and, uh, I don't pay attention to a lot of, like, if there's bands that I'll pay attention to, but in regards to new music, I'm fairly behind a lot of the time, because I just want to listen to, like, old crust punk and old grindcore, and, you know, every so often new shit comes out that really fucks my brain up and makes me, like, you know, blown away, but, uh... If it's not something that really strikes me super hard out of the gate, I, I generally am just kind of like, oh, okay, it's cool. Um, <clears throat> oh, yeah, there's a, there's a, uh, if you don't know, there, uh, there's a band called the MC5 from way back in the day. And uh, okay. I was blasting a sick cover of Kick Out the Jams, but instead of the MC5, it's Bad Brains with Henry Rollins on vocals covering yeah, it. I saw that. I yeah. saw that, yeah. Oh my god, I've been so fucking hyped on that song. It's so good. Like, it really fucked my whole brain up. Uh, what else did we get? I'm trying to think. I'm trying to go through my fucking uh, notes and see what I have saved, but nothing's coming up now because it's been fucking too long. Um, yeah, that Drop Dead is the main thing, which if none of you have heard it, go out and listen to the fucking new Drop Dead. Um, that was fucking mega badass. That band has been a staple for fucking ever. And they haven't released a record in, like, I forgot how long. Oh, uh, record of the goddamn year, Hum. Hum released a fucking new record. I know that might be unexpected, but that fucking Hum record, like... I mean, it was 22 years, I think, between their last record and now. Wow. Yeah, but uh, Inlet is fucking flawless. I probably listened to it on repeat for no bullshit, like, three weeks. That's that's my fucking record of the year, like by leaps and bounds. And I still I used to argue with like a bunch of friends whether Downward is Heavenward or you'd prefer an astronaut is the better of the two records. But now that doesn't matter because the answer is the new record. Hmm. Very interesting. I did not hear that and I will listen to it. Yeah, fucking it's real mega badass. It's fucking weird, but it's good shit. Awesome. We will take one last question from Alexi. Go for it, Alexi. Hey, Garrity. How are you? What up, man? Nice to meet you. I just want to say that I love your authenticity and your genuineness. Like, you seem like just someone that I think everyone here would just want to chat with just for the hell of it. You know what I mean? So, uh, 
that's great to have you here thanks bud i mean you're all if any of you run into me or find out that i'm on tour somewhere you're more than welcome to come hang out and you can listen to more of my bullshit anytime. <laughs> I hope you have, you'll have a few extra Miller lights for us, but you know that's another. I always have those. What's up, man? <laughs> cool. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I I didn't do too much like background research on you. Like, I mean, you seem like a very interesting figure. You have a lot of experience. I'm just kind of curious. Like, say in your early days of work, what kind of was that one? I mean, you can answer this however you want, either your that one experience with a band, that one maybe record you listened to while working or something that kind of made you realize you really wanted to do this. Like what got you saying, holy shit, this is what I really want to do. Like, and you can choose any option. That's just kind of my open ended question. Uh, the, the tour that I realized that this wasn't just like a hobby where like I could do this. There's kind of two. Um, there's uh like way way early on um i'd been touring for maybe like four years off and on and it wasn't really steady or anything but a buddy of mine that i had toured with on my first tour ever got a call and he had since retired and he was out of the game so he threw it to me but he's like hey i get a call one day and he goes hey do you want to drive for entombed and i was like a, a, a fucking excuse me and he goes yeah entombed and i was like yeah you goddamn right i do and it like didn't set in at first but i was like okay this is cool like this is okay this is a big deal and uh they flew me up fucking to meet up with them and they're like i go to pick up the van and i'm like yo this isn't we're supposed to meet in baltimore this is in baltimore and they're like yeah you got to get the van and you got to drive down uh to mdf and meet them there so i was like oh okay so i'm like i go down to mdf and I remember I'm standing side stage and this is like pre like modern smartphones. You're like texting and shit. And um, I was trying to get a hold of Alex so I can meet up with the band and I couldn't find him, couldn't find him. So I went to the office at the fucking old sonar and shit. And like, uh, I'm like looking, looking and like, Oh yeah, he'll be here. He'll be here. We got a hold of him. And I'm like, okay. And I'm standing side stage. I just remember a uh, Magruder grind went up and I fucking was losing it. And this dude's standing next to me, and he's got, like, his his hoodie up and, like, uh, you know, his little hat and shit. And I'm expecting Alex to have the dreadlocks, because Alex always had the huge dreadlocks. But he had just shaved them off. And then I realized, like, me and this dude that were fucking, you know, banging head, watching Magruder grind fucking destroy, is Alex. And I'm like, oh, shit, okay. And then, like, we meet up and all that shit. You know, the tour goes well. It was, like, a super short run, but they were, like, super nice. We got along great. And it was kind of like a high watermark for me at the time because it's like a band I grew up listening to. And I was like, they seemed so much bigger. Like, you know, they're one of those bands. So it was the first one of those big bands that I fucking got to tour with. But um, not that long after that, like a couple years had gone by and I got to do a run with Exodus in Europe. And it was one of those like weird fucking circumstance where I was finishing a tour I had nothing booked and then like we met up at a festival in Tampa actually and I was supposed to work for them and shit got fucked up and then I literally just ended up drinking with them that night hanging out because I had mutual friends working for them and they're like weren't you supposed to go with us and I was like yeah but management fucked up shit and they just were all drunk and they go fuck it buy a ticket and I was like what and they're like yeah go go buy a ticket right now and I was like, oh, okay. And they're like, we'll pay you back when we get to Europe. Just just go get it. And I was like, okay. And I literally went to the hotel with their tour manager. We got a ticket. And like two days later, I met them in Rome. And 
you know, first European tour, and it's like, oh yeah, it's, you know, no big deal, it's just fucking Exodus fucking dominating fucking Europe for fucking, like, two months straight, and, uh, that shit, I, like, I was already pretty deep into touring by that point, but it was one of those things where it's like, oh, this can be bigger than just touring with my friends and, like, you know, bands I know, because that was the first time, like, a band I legitimately, I didn't know personally, like, I'd listen to them, but that was the first time another band had reached really out to me and was like, hey, you want to go fucking do this? And then it was like, oh, this isn't, this isn't just a stupid hobby anymore, like, I mean, it was already a job by that point, but I didn't realize it, because it was just something I'd been doing for so long. Uh, and th- those two were both kind of like big moments. And then after that, it just really fucking took off. And, you know, now it's uh, the, well, it took off until 2020. Let's put it that way. <laughs> and I imagine networking is a huge aspect of being successful. And in, in, I mean, not just this industry, but in like specifically to what you were doing. Right? Yeah. I mean, yes. Like it helps a lot if you're like. It helps a lot. There's a lot of guys I've toured with that will go out and they'll network and they'll try to make friends with all the bands on the tour. But I don't want to do that partially because I'm fucking lazy. But the other part is like, (laughs) I don't want to be friends. Like Matt can tell you from touring with me, there are people I don't like and I don't give a shit what band you're in, who you are. I will tell you, I don't fucking like you. And if I don't ever tour with your band, that's fine with me. And maybe it'll hurt my career. But I'm not going to suck somebody's dick and lie about how it tastes just so I can get a paycheck. Mm-hmm. Like, I only want to tour with the bands that I only want to tour with. And, like, that's just how it's got to be. Because, like, if I'm going to live outside the realm of uh, of normal society where I can't work a day job and I have to go on tour and be a fucking, you know, weird road dog, at least I'm going to do it on my own goddamn terms because... There's a ton of people out there that are working for bands they hate, and they're getting a paycheck, but they're miserable. If I wanted to be fucking miserable somewhere collecting a paycheck, I could sit in a cubicle and count the days until I eat a fucking bullet. Like, I'm not going out on fucking road so I can do that. I'm going out on the road because everything else makes me miserable, and this is the only avenue that prolongs that bullet eating. Like, this is fucking... This has to be the way it has to be. And I mean... I have missed a lot of opportunities with bands where I've been suggested and I found out after the fact they're like, no, nah, he's you know, he's fucking kind of a dick and then I'm like Yeah Good. That's okay. <laughs> I'm okay. I I have no problem with that. They don't have to like me. Like whatever. I mean, honestly at the end of the day, my job is to make them money and if I can make them money and they don't like me, that's fine. I don't have to work for you anymore. Like, if somebody was making me money, I could hate them as much as I fucking wanted. But if they hand me stacks of cash at the end of the night, I'd tell them they're doing a great job, and I would fucking, you know, whatever. But that's just me. But yeah, fuck it. I, I'm gonna do. I'm only gonna work for the bands that I want to fucking work for at this point. And like, I'm too deep into it to deal with you know petty high school bullshit where I network with bands just to make them you know think I'm cool. And also the other thing is I don't I don't do shit that a lot of people think is cool. Like. I don't like to smoke weed, and I know a lot of dudes, and I'm not shitting on smoking weed, that's fine, but I know a lot of dudes who have gotten gigs through, like, smoking weed with other bands and shit and hanging out every Mm -hmm. night. Dude, when I get done, I want to drink beers and listen to records and, like, do nothing. And, like, fucking, a lot of bands don't fucking like that, and they're like, oh, how come he doesn't hang out? And it's like, because none of you are fucking interesting to me. It doesn't mean I don't (laughs) like you, it just means you're not saying anything that 
tickles the part of my brain that is worth more than me getting out of my bunk. Like, I mean, you've hung out with me. If we're having a great time, I'll be there. But if we're not, I'm fucking going to bed and everyone else can eat shit. Like, <laughs> I'm not here to pay to anybody. You got to impress me to keep me around. <laughs> not that I'm important, but like, my time has value, man. And sleep or like jerking off, that could be more valuable than listening to, you know, fucking bullshit. Thanks for sharing, man. I appreciate it. No problem. Absolutely. And and it's always, always a pleasure to have Garrity here with us. Everybody, unmute yourselves. Give Garrity a big round of applause for coming out and hanging out with us tonight. I'm, I'm super, super stoked how this turned out. And I'm super stoked you guys are all here with me tonight. Make some noise for Garrity, please. Yeah. Screw Garrity. I want more Lemmy. More Lemmy. There you go. Part noises for Garrity. Hey. Thank you so, so much for listening right to the end. You know that I love and appreciate that. What an excellent hang we had last week at the Vox and Hoffs Thirsty Thursday virtual hang. It was so much fun. We have decided to do a Vox and Hoffs Thirsty Thursday gang. Hoppy New Year party. That is right. On Thursday, December 31st, starting at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we shall gather and celebrate the end of 2020 together. If you would like to come and hang out with us, just send me a message via the Vox and Hop social media pages and I will hook you up with that link. If you enjoyed this Vox and Hops episode, you should most definitely go and subscribe to it on the podcast platform of your choice. But not only that, you can also rate it and write a review, because if you do that, more people just like yourself will be able to find the Vox and Hops podcast. Vox and Hops is brought to you by Sound Talent Media. I have one more episode coming at you tomorrow, but until then, remember to enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. Cheers, Vox and Hops heads. Hey, this is Aaron from No Simple Road. I'm inviting you to come hang out with Apple, Mel, and I as we talk with the musicians, artists, chefs, authors, and beyond from the world that turns us on. We're reaching into the improvisational music scene, the psychedelic culture, the festival world, and getting to know what makes the people tick that create those scenes. Come join us on the long, strange trip over at No Simple Road.